1: ChumbaCasino.com.
2: Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
3: details. He's Bob. He's Kyle. And every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man. Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB.
4: Good Saturday morning to you. This is a Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 five, five, is the numbers to get in. Uh, we are Buchanan Service Center's. 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. So stop in on, see us, we're on Dodge, we'll help you fix your car like we do so many others. I'm Bob, next to me is Kyle, as always, and uh, we're here to, let's let's figure out what that project is. It's going to be a nice day, a nice week, and a little bit of rain, but uh, you know, it's 70 degrees, this is this is fix your car weather right here. Yeah. This is not 100 degrees, uh, which is coming soon at some point, and uh, we all know what that means. all Everything that was going to break but hasn't yet, it's going to bust.
2: You know, it's that time mm. of year also, Bob, since you bring up the weather and how nice it is. I was kind of looking over the schedule of, you know, everybody's life in this town. Mm. Next week the College World Series starts. You know what that means.
4: That means that uh, we're going to fix the potholes and stripe
2: all the – All the lanes on the highway. It's going to storm next week. (laughs) There's going to be a big storm, either Friday or midweek.
4: Probably. Right when everybody's
2: downtown and ready to see some baseball. You're right.
4: I was in the middle of one of those.
2: You you could set your watch by it. Yeah, I've been in a few of them.
4: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I looked and said, I think it's time to go. Well, the game's not over. Uh, I'm leaving. It is for us. I'm leaving. (laughs) You can stay here all you want. I'm leaving. And I got home and watched the... uh, Watched everything unfold on TV. It was kind of...
2: Yeah. Did you watch com- it on ESPN or the Weather Channel? The- <laughs> didn't re- <laughs>
4: didn- didn really matter. It'd be scattering like crazy like ants, and uh, nobody was paying attention to the weather coming from behind you. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I-, I thought there was all the prelude up to uh, making the you know, place look great.
2: Yeah, and that's happening too. Everywhere
4: well and uh maybe we can get out this get this last push to get some of the potholes (laughs) fixed pothole Mm -hmm. patrol get the pothole patrol out there and let's let's fix some of that stuff to stop blowing people's tires it's good for me it's bad for them yeah but you know we, we don't want bad for them either all right kyle uh you know like you said it's it's a good weekend to get out and get that project going. There was some car shows last weekend. I'm and it's sure not
2: too late in the year to get a project. No, not really. There's always a project car for sale.
4: But if you got a yeah, and if you got a project, I'm sure you've got that one spot that just something ain't fixed right, something's not working right. It, it it's a constant. Old cars are just a constant maintenance,
2: you know, kind of thing. Hitting around that, my son brought this up to me cuz we're right about the end of a restoration going at the house. And there's that one spot that I just, there's always something, some part of a project, and I've always got one going. You can talk to me any day of the week, any time of the year, I've got a project going. Mm -hmm. And it's a car. And so we're down to the last part of it, which is, you know, body work. I've got this entire car done except for, the rocker panels i had to weld and he's like why'd you put that off till now i was like because i don't want to do it i know it i and know i got them all welded in there i'm to the part where you climb underneath the car and grind down all those welds and make it look perfect
4: yeah and you got to power through that probably you know whatever that is whether it's wiring body work electrical you know i don't Uh-oh. uh that's why i never really did body work because i just i just couldn't get ah i just it's too frustrating for me
2: i don't mind it i love it but lay the only part i don't like is laying underneath it grinding it yeah
4: yeah because you know where it it all everything heads right straight for your eyes yeah Uh, it doesn't matter what you're grinding it all heads towards your eyes
2: now i'm underneath this truck with a tarp over me and a face shield and (laughs) got to bench press this grinder well it's going full bore Mm -hmm.
4: and And it's hot oh it's great making a lot of noise yeah yeah again
2: and you know i just keep telling myself months and months ahead it's like you know it's only going to take you a half an hour once you just suck it up and do it <laughs>
4: about about 25 <laughs> half an hour yeah i'm like wow and looks- then you're done then you have to do it again
2: you're under there for a half hour and you got like a two inch spot done you're like wow yeah. that looks great <laughs> 20 more of these
4: <laughs> here's an interesting article kyle that has a little bit to do with cards um the Michigan Milk Producers Association mm. have about a thousand family-owned cooperatives. Okay, um, and they they're going to produce a vodka which is called Vodka. And that really is not. That's kind of neat, but not part of the story. My
2: stomach is turning.
4: <laughs> <laughs> not only that, some of the byproducts are going to be able to uh, do can do two point two million. Gallons of ethanol annually. Annually, so you can run your car on this. Stuff. So you can run your car on this stuff. I don't. I don't know what byproducts are. I, I can guess what byproducts are, but. Uh, I thought the only byproduct of milk is cheese. Well,
2: <laughs>
4: everything else you step in, I'd imagine too. Yeah. But uh, I just thought that was interesting. Not not only can we make uh, the milk and the cottage cheese and the cheese and then the uh, the alcohol. You can uh, do it in ethanol, so there's not not the need for the corn ethanol. There is cow ethanol now.
2: Interesting. Again, my stomach's turning, but I'm intrigued. So
4: (laughs) I suppose you got maybe it's sour. You know, sour milk ethanol. How's that?
2: In my younger days, you know, going back a couple years, I've pretty much tried about every kind of alcohol out there. But I've, you know, I've come to learn that mixing dairy in any kind of alcohol form is not good in any amount
4: well i just seen that the other day and we will uh, we'll cross that bridge on the break <laughs> we're gonna head over to tom tom's got an 18 honda pilot tom what's going on today
0: hey good morning guys uh thanks for taking the call i've got a sure. question um, my wife uh we bought the pilot new in 18 it's got 56 thousand miles on it and just this last winter it started a deal where when you came to a stop, the, the heat started blowing cool. And as soon as you got on it, you know, it it'd get nice and hot. So, you know, when she told me about it, I'd look at the, the temperature gauge and everything was normal. Took it in the dealership, you know, I had to extend the warranty. And I was thinking, you know, I looked, it was full of coolant. They did a test. They said everything was running right. It was running at temperature and everything. But it all winter long, when it was really cold out. and I mean, not like 30s, 40s, but, you know, when it got cold. And then, someone, and then when I get online, and started seeing other people that had kind of, you know in chat things that said that they had issues with the pilot kind of doing the same thing but Honda keeps telling me they don't see a problem with it have you guys had any experience with that or heard anything about that where i mean it blows nice and hot when you're when you're rolling but when you come to a stop the temperature just i mean i, I swear to you it drops 30 40 degrees wow
3: I've,
2: I've seen this issue in jeeps um one I didn't get a chance to really delve into because they didn't want to tackle it because it was summertime by the time they brought it around. But the other one you gotta look at the heater hoses in this car and how what happens behind the dash, because the Honda I don't know, but with this particular Jeep that had that basic exact problem, what we ended up doing was moving the heater hose and wire tying it to a higher point so the coolant couldn't bleed back out of the heater core because hmm. the heater hoses came out of the heater core and then kind of went straight down and then back up where yeah. your coolant was able to run back or it wouldn't keep flow it is basically the conclusion i came to i wire tied it up to the cowl so the hose was held higher Interesting. so you would keep some amount of coolant in there now that being said, I mean, if you let it sit there and idle for 20 minutes, you would end up with some lukewarm heat. You wouldn't get the drastic drop that you were getting, and not as quickly.
4: Yeah, I don't know that if we've done had any anything specific on a Honda Pilot like that, but we we know that it's it's working uh, because as soon as you get a little bit of flow to it, that you don't have any issue. Uh, so yeah.
0: And in chat rooms, like I think it was called, like Pilot or, Piloteers.org, and a lot, lot of people in the north kind of you know thought about this. And I, this was the first year we noticed it. Like I so said, when it got really cold out. But I guess the, the underlying part of that, does that sound like it's more of a, a water pump flow issue, or do you think there's like a like an air bubble to the thing, or?
2: I would go more towards air because you're not overheating. A water pump that isn't flowing, you're going to have some overheating issues.
4: Especially if it's getting hot. If you're going through the summertime and you're not having an overheating issue, um, if the impellers are wore down or gone or just you know deteriorated, you know some, a lot of them are plastic. Most of them are plastic, but there's still some metal ones out there. You're not going to flow very good at all. And as soon as you kick up and and start the idle or a little bit of RPM, all of a sudden heat comes right back to it. Yeah, I you know and, I kind of no, agree with I kind of agree with Kyle. It seems like it's it's draining out. It's draining back out of there. That's kind of interesting. Maybe a yeah. one you know one-way valve. Uh, that, yeah. that goes no, but, yeah. That goes in there to keep it.
0: The, yeah, the temperature gauge is always in the summer or wherever. It's always it's always constant. It doesn't fluctuate. Like you know, where a thermostat might be, you know, acting up or something. And they said that you know that when they when they had a temperature you know, on it, but uh, so I just said, I just hit the five year mark that we owned it. Like I said, we had about about sixty thousand. So two dealerships recommended a drain and fill. One of them said they actually do a pump, you know, flush and fill. So I took it there, but I just had it flushed here. So I guess I'm going to see if that kind of cured it or anything, or if it comes back this winter. Because yeah. I, I was really surprised
4: that was going to be the other thing that i was going to suggest too is to flush the coolant but also flush the heater core there's a lot of uh, crap that comes off the inside of the cooling system that gets kind of gelled up or what have you and even though it's a closed system it can certainly the restrictions inside that heater core um i've seen a lot of junk come out of them before so uh, that wouldn't hurt it at all and then you flush it forwards you flush it backwards do it back and forth quite a bit. Not real hard, but just enough for you to see both things kind of go back and forth. So,
2: when this poor heat comes about, is it the uh, the entire cabin, or do you have? Does your passenger side have better heat than your driver's side? Have you noticed? Um, no. Well, actually, ours is an
0: eighteen. at the base model on LX, so there is no dual zone. It's just a single. Okay.
4: Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, because there's. But, uh, Certain parts of the, uh, there are certain models out there, not so much Honda, but there are certain models that the heater core is halved, so for one side and the other, and then that's kind of why you can tell. A lot of stuff will settle at the bottom of those heater right. cores and, and cause one side to be cold, the other side to be hot. So And,
0: and, and flushing those flushing those heater cores at home, I mean, as long as you're kind of careful, I mean, there ain't
2: too much risk of, like, are there, like, one-way valves that where you didn't might no. damage them? No, hook no. up a garden hose, take both your heater hoses off
4: you're good to go yeah don't, don't don't run uh don't run 90 pounds of pressure through it yeah don't but, use your pressure washer yeah don't use your pressure washer but a, a little <laughs> a little bit you know one turn on the one or two turns on the faucet should be fine
0: perfect
4: okay yeah. we'll investigate that and see what we come up with
0: Hey, oh, okay. thank you very much
4: you bet tom appreciate the call all right we're gonna head over to another tom tom's got another Hi- honda climate control system tom what's going on
5: well, actually, I'm calling about the guy you just had on the air. Sure. I have a big, big-time big background with Honda. In fact, I represented him and sold them for a number of years in the Omaha area. And I was kind of at the dealership at work where I was kind of the go-to guy as far as when, other than, of course, the techs, uh, mechanical access to what's going on. I don't recall if you guys asked him what trim-level pilot he has. If he had a base model like an L or even an EX, they have a manual control climate control system. You twist the knobs, you turn the knob and set the temperature, then it just maintains that, and there's a lot less to go wrong. If he's got an EXL, which is leather or a, a EXL navigation, or whatever trim level uh, that would have the dual zone automatic climate control, it could be something the related to there's about a thousand hoses and that are all tied to mechanical and sometimes electronic sensors. Yeah, within he, that system it it could be something what not not nothing whatsoever with respect to the radiator 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 and the coolant it could be something more in line with the climate control system but we don't know what trim level it has of that issue.
4: and towards the end of the call he said he had base trim he had base trim single, single base. zone single zone uh not dual zone so he had base trim single zone
5: well, they're still okay. Then he, then he still has vacuum hoses in there within the within the dashboard. They 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 had the old fashioned. They didn't have Bowden cables like old Honda had the old days of early Accords, but there's still vacuum hoses in there. We all know from um, General Motors old GM products and old um, Chrysler products that the vacuum hoses are notorious for causing uh, variances fluttering back and forth, if you will, with respect to the climate control. I, I wouldn't rule that out either.
4: Right. Okay. Well, we're going to do some investigation on it, and uh, we're going. To, Tom will be listening in future uh, episodes. We're going to see what we can come up with. I appreciate All the right, call thanks. and the input. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we'll be back in a minute.
3: I was driving down a long and dusty road. My car sputtered dead and dropped a heavy load. The tow truck driver said, can I ask you why? Looked at my car, said, why even waste the time? He said, why bother wasting all your cash? And I said, I fixed everything on this here piece of crap. I fixed everything man, I fixed everything man My car's a piece of crap man, a big POS man It's cost me too much cash man, so I fixed everything I fixed my air compressor, carburetor, anti-theft immobilizer, oil filter, air filter, reader, foster, heat sensor, radiator, core condenser, windshield wiper, steering, camper, clutch, master cylinder, and catalytic converter, HVAC, timing belt, steering column, brake pads, crank shaft, crankcase, cranky wife, shaft. I fixed everything, man. I fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. A big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fixed everything. I've worked on ABS, MBG, LED, CNG, ball joint, steering rack, airbag, CBT, fuel pump, ball bearings, dipsticks, spark plugs, kingpin, power steering, CBT, lug nuts, remote starter, powertrain, supercharger, drive drivetrain, tranny axle, transfer case, water pump, wheelbase. I've fixed everything, man. I've fixed everything, man. My car's a piece of crap, man. A big POS, man. It's cost me too much cash, man. So I fix everything. Oh, wow.
4: Okay, we are back on the Mister Mechanic Show. Five five eight eleven ten. The numbers to so get in, and uh, let's answer some questions. So we're going to shoot back over into the calls. Uh, Paul's got a '98 Silverado. Paul, what's the problem today?
6: Yeah, how you doing? Hey, I got a question. I got a 1998 Chevy Silverado, and when I put gas in it, uh, it goes up to you know it'll go up to where I put in three quarters. Let's just say. Well, then it'll go down, and then. It'll go up, then it'll go down. Well, now it pegged out to full, and now I filled put gas in the other day, and it go down to, it don't even do anything, it just says it's full. But now it's going back down to like uh, three-quarters, and I've read, and it said a sending unit,
2: it said a ground wire, so I really don't know.
4: That all sounds fairly normal for that truck to me. What about you, Kyle?
2: Um, I've only dealt with this problem a million Meantimes. times, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask. <laughs> well, I, I carry I carry
6: a gallon of gas for me in case I run out.
4: Yeah, That's smart. That's very. I good. would too. I'd carry five. Um... <laughs> I put a lot of
2: sending units in these trucks. Yep. The only thing I'm going to tell you, there's a purple wire back there. Make sure you got 12 volts with it unplugged. There's a black wire that grounds on the frame. Right, those frames tend to get pretty rusty on those trucks. Right
6: now, is it, do I have to drop the tank to get to the ground wire? That's the main reason I want to. The ground uh, wire?
2: No, it's right back behind the driver's side wheel, screwed mm-hmm. into the frame. It's just one wire. Right, right. To get to the right sending behind unit? The driver's side wheel. Yeah. Okay.
4: You got to drop the tank in order to get to the sending unit, which is more than likely your problem. Or you, you can uh, take the
2: box <laughs> off.
4: Yeah, depending on. Uh,
2: how rusty that's going to be underneath. right?
4: How rusty the bolts are, or just depending on how how good your tape measure is, you could cut a hole in the uh, in the pickup box and uh, well, pull I it done. out that way. I've, I've seen I've seen more than a few trucks come in that way. We we oh, we, yeah. we don't do that. <laughs>
6: yeah, I I came up with those ideas too, you know. But I thought, well, I got a, a plastic in the back. I can take it out, cut the hole about a foot away from the tab, and there it is. Yep. But, um, but so, I'm going to try the ground wire, Yeah, just, if that makes anything.
4: So check your ground okay. wire. Just clean up both sides of the wire. Clean up the frame. Uh, make sure it's got good connection to it. And then when you get done, you know, smear a little bit of grease over top of it so the, the, all the stuff that right. you ground off of there doesn't get rusty right back again.
6: Okay. What did
4: you say it was at? Uh, back on the frame rail behind the, the left rear wheel. Mm-hmm.
6: Left yeah. rear, driver's side. Okay, yeah.
4: and more than likely, uh, more than likely to solve this problem, I, I would say probably ninety-nine percent of it is probably going to be your sending unit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's,
6: that's because you know I took the cab off before, so that's no big deal. The bolts come off ain't so easy.
4: So if you go get, you know? if you go decide you want to fix this problem, be done with it. Don't get the, don't get the cheapest pump you can buy.
6: I think that's what I did. But it lasted. Like I said, I had it since 1998 and only had
4: one fuel pump for it. Yep. Get a good pump. That way you're not doing it twice.
6: Okay, buddy. I appreciate
4: it. Yep. Appreciate the call, Paul. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to head over to quick break. We'll be back in a minute. Hang on. Okay, we are back. Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110 five, five, the numbers to get in. We're going to zoom back into the calls. They've been patiently waiting. Rex, 17F350. Rex, go ahead.
7: Yes, I have a, a Super Duty seven, 2017. When I locked the truck up at night, um, particularly on a hot day, Sun goes down. About three hours later, all of a sudden, my horn of lights are flashing. We're having a regular party in the driveway. <laughs> mm. Well, it's, it seems to be that it's uh, temperature related.
4: Yeah. Well, you've got so anything
2: electrical. Temperature is always a factor. Yeah.
4: So it, it makes you wonder. So. Does a does a truck kind of is our alarms going off? I, I that, that's what I'm, I'm assuming oh, yeah. that we've got a problem with the security system. Something is going bad, or something is is breaking a connection there. Have you looked at all? All so Has somebody looked at all into, into the computer as far as you know the the, the communication codes yes. in it? And okay, is there anything that they can yep. see as far as what uh-huh. maybe set a trigger?
7: We replaced the console in the in the cab in the in the hood. That upper console,
4: right, above right.
7: the rear view mirror. Right. There was a sensor in there that was replaced, and then uh, due to some light damage to the console, we ended up replacing the whole console the next time. Okay.
4: Interesting. Well, as a
7: as a unit.
4: You know, I, I had this happen with, with one of my vehicles and it turned out to be a hood switch. Sure. every once in a while we just randomly when it got cold at night, all of a sudden the horns going off. You know that's
2: gonna be the first place I look and you know, we just plug a scanner in there and it tells us all the data from any switch on the vehicle. Ford mm-hmm. has a long running track record for door switches. And that could oh, definitely I've, be your cause.
4: Yeah, and the door switches now well, they used to be switches before. Now they're in the they're, latch. They're still switches. They're just incorporated into the latch. So you don't so it's just cost a bunch to replace. But um a lot of times they'll set a code for that and you can go just replace that particular one. Mm-hmm. That that's why I was wondering if it was uh and it, 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 well, it it's frustrating.
7: I have a I bought this from a wonderful dealer uh, about 80 miles from my home. So I, I've been there a couple times to uh, pursue the problem, and they've been re- very helpful. Mm-hmm. But I, we haven't got to the bottom of it yet.
4: You know, if you, you got to take the law of averages and say, okay, well, what which switch am I using the most? And uh, that's usually the left front door for the most part. So that'd probably be the yep, one I was right. I would be suspecting I was suspecting that more than anything else. It doesn't seem like the hood switches on any given car are very tough at all either. And
2: no, and any time that it gets used, it's getting hit pretty hard.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's getting slammed. So I, I don't have anything specific to tell you that we've run across, but those are the, those are the couple of things that I would look at.
2: That's the first okay. place I'm gonna I'll, go. We'll keep chasing it. All right. Sounds good. Let us know what you find. Thank you yeah, very Yeah, appreciate it, Rex. Appreciate the call.
4: Yeah, that's uh, electrical is just not, especially intermittent electrical because it just it's just like dropping a cell phone call and it pops back up and what happened there I'd have no idea, but now it's fine. Yeah. So and and so much on a car anymore now is electrical and it's some of that stuff's hard to track down, and it's all intermingled. Seems like it's all wired in series, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's not wired in parallel. Well, it's something allowed. else can work while that goes out. I oh, no. It. We've got to wire it all in series, and we've got to make sure that it's like your Christmas tree lights back in the day. When one bulb went out, oh, the tree went dark. Yeah, it's kind of.
2: Now, when one bulb goes out, the whole module goes full. Right,
4: up. right. It's not quite like that, but it sure seems like mm-hmm. it. All right, we're going to head over to Mike. Uh, Mike's got a 65 Chevy pickup. This M- is the call we've been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, Mike, what's, what's your project going? Well,
1: listen like my pickup and we're having starter troubles. It's got the original 283 engine. It originally had a power glide. It now has a 700R4 okay. transmission with a 153 tooth flex plate and then the starter bolts are the, the early ones that are straight across. Now we put a new starter on it, but the starter teeth on the Bendix, I guess you want to say, is just barely engaging on the flex plate. I've put many shims in to move them away, but I don't know what you do to move them closer. I just, and I don't see how we could have the wrong starter. I just, uh, it'll it'll engage, but you know how they can howl and, you know, make all kinds of noises. And I measured it, and it's Mm -hmm. the shaft of the, the, I don't know what you want to call it, about three-eighths of an inch away from the, Flex plate. It's a long ways away, and I just can't think of any way to get that closer, unless um, they mill the mill the mounting p- pads. You know where it bolts to the block. But I don't. I shouldn't have to do that. But, well, you
2: know, Riddle me this. Um, the two eighty three. I'm not. I mean, I've got plenty of small block experience. I'm trying to get a good image here. Yeah. Well, Can two- you turn that flex plate around? Can you put it on backwards? Uh, I
1: don't. I didn't put the transmission in it, she, when she got the truck. It was in there, and I don't know if you can or not. Uh, would that move it farther away from the? You know the, that wouldn't. I can't see that move the teeth any farther away from the crankshaft. It's the it's the distance between the armature, you know, or the wherever the Bendix is to the teeth, not, uh, you know, going in and out far enough, you know. Okay.
2: Well, it a, and it worked fine when you had the other transmission in it? No,
1: uh, the other, well, it didn't have the other, when it had the other transmission, and the starter that was in, in it didn't work, so that's why the why I'm aware for of a new starter, but it had <clears> the same mounting, thing.
2: So it's got two bolts that go up through the bottom?
1: Correct. Straight okay. across from each Instead of the diagonal one. It appears to be
2: drilled
1: for the diagonal one, but there's no threads in there. Sure. And I have to have that anyway. I don't see that would gain us anything. So you
2: got a starter with parallel bolts going straight up from the bottom. Um, right. You've got a pretty good extruding crankshaft, it looks like, that's not externally <laughs> balanced. Um. Yeah. I... So... To the best of my knowledge, there was only one early flywheel. Mm-hmm. And.
4: But what you have to step back and say, gonna, what, what did yeah. we change? You know, the,
2: the
1: 153 tooth was the small one, and 168 was the large one. But when you have the diagonal bolt, that should be the 153 tooth. That's the only thing that you know sure. is supposed to go on.
2: And now I know because I've got one of these in my driveway that I was having flex plate issues with, and it doesn't look like the flex plate's dished at all, but where the ring gear is welded on there, you're deeper on one side than on the other. I do know that for a fact with these.
4: And that's why you think maybe it's, it's flipped, yeah. flipped around. If it's flipped around, you're not nope. engaging it.
2: Because it'll go on either way. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. But that's the that's first the fact- thing... I'm going to look at it, and you can just – if you take your – I mean, because there's probably – you can get your dust cover off of that transmission pretty easily. If you can put your – if you can grab this thing and get your fingers behind that, and there's a shelf, and then the front side that's against your engine is flush, you know that flywheel's in backwards. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. All right. That's a quick, easy thing to kind of take a look at. Right. I mean, if you need any advice – Aside from that, I mean, because essentially, I don't know that that motor in its run ever had the 700R4 behind it. In fact, I don't think the no, 700R4 it came out until the 800. But it's still a small
4: block, and the, and the small block bolts up just about the same, anyway.
2: Yeah. So, oh. I mean, that's our. And then. I mean, there's probably a couple different starters. I don't think Chevy really changed their starter.
4: A Not a lot. lot. Not a lot back then.
2: So
1: yeah, and there's only two. It is a cheapy. Uh, well, I won't name the name of the parts store, but I got to thinking maybe it, you know, uh, that nose on it wasn't well, quite right.
4: Back then, you too, there, there wasn't just one Chevy starter. There could be several different Chevy starters, too. So uh, The it, nose the,
2: was really the difference. The yeah, motor the, was all the same. but Yeah, the, the, the
4: nose wow. could be a little different. Yeah, you're almost going to need something that uh, you're able to look at and say, oh, look at that, look at that. Um, oh, okay, mine's different here. This is what's going on. So,
2: But, yeah, take a good oh. look at that flywheel. Yep, that'd be if a first place to start. If you got a good shelf on that ring gear to the flex plate, on the torque converter side flip it around Uh
1: okay since i did it i don't have any idea unless i look at it again and that's a good place to go i've looked at everything else i can think of so all right well thanks a lot guys
4: you bet you bet appreciate it mike Uh all right we're going to take a quick break mr mechanic we'll be back in a minute okay we are back in the mr mechanic show five five eight eleven ten we had a couple callers they left. Well. Yeah. But well, I, I don't know. Well, we'll just we'll just figure that out, I guess.
2: What are we gonna do for the next few minutes?
4: Well, I think we'll just sit here and talk, Kyle. Yeah. Here's something interesting. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of stuff on cars, safety, emergency. We put brakes many years ago. You remember yeah. those? And then <laughs> uh, all, all that other stuff. And there's there's stuff on cars we just don't need. They're dumb. Why don't we put them on there? You know. And then here's one that they're going to start to come out with, which is a great, it's the um, crash avoidance technology. Okay. Um, which, you know, it allows you to, if you're not paying attention, i.e. Uh, on your on your uh, cell phone, you know, texting, texting somewhere as you're driving down the road, you're not paying attention. And I seen one yesterday. Um, and it was a crash all at the same time. Nice. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. Instant karma there. <laughs> I was just trying to get around them um this kind of slows your car down if you're not paying attention and you're just you know whatever it, it helps you slow your car down to avoid you from smashing into the back of somebody else standard should be standard it is kind of a pain because the cars that i have driven as you come up there and it, it, it decides how close you should be it just if you're on cruise control it slows you down until you get by, off to the side and then can go past that car and it can't see you anymore But it's not going to allow you to run into the back of that car, like you have seen uh, some, you know, electric car, where they piled into the back of the uh, the the semi, you know, and it, you got the bumper that's all the way back to the rear seat, and nobody ever seems to survive. Yeah, those kind of things. Yeah. So uh, it's it's just a technology that. That I think uh you so know, I think I know Subaru has it where you kinda of come out, you see the ball bouncing out and the kid coming behind it and all of a sudden yeah, it goes Rrr! Yep, yeah. stops. Yeah. What a great technology.
2: You know, and Toyota mean, I learned this a couple of weeks ago. Toyota kind of ventured into that in the early two thousands a little bit. I think this was like a two thousand ten Camry or mm-hmm. Avalon I was working on. It was the Avalon. It was called Laser Cruise. And it would slow your car. It wouldn't stop your car, but it would slow it down considerably mm-hmm. enough to where you would see a change in, you know.
4: Yeah, what's going on? I got to grab Oh, look here. What's going on? Things, but yeah. Well, it just seems like that's a technology that we need. Maybe we don't need. Uh, I know that every, every place has its spot to, to for a chip, and, you know, maybe we don't need intermittent wipers. Maybe you know it's raining because you're looking through the window. And they say, hey.
2: Nowadays, they just turn on on their own.
4: Yeah, I know. Anything. You don't. Well, you don't need the intermittent. If, if you're looking through the windshield, it's pretty easy to tell whether it's raining, isn't it? Or it quits. How about it when it quits? You just turn them off. Yeah. I'm just spitballing a little bit. But there, there are other things I don't think we necessarily need. And uh, yeah. some of the safety stuff that, that keeps people on the road and keeps crashes. But, they, you know, they estimate that would it, it would save, you know, lives considerably. And mm-hmm. and a ton of crashes a year. So that was just a, an interesting thing. So, Yeah. Know. We'll see what that comes out. I think they're going to start to have that so that you have to be a standard option soon.
2: You know, every year there's got to be something new that comes out on a car. I get that. But
4: a little yeah. bit. And there's a lot of things that have gone away too. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that you know, a while back. We don't have swivel seats anymore. Where you can kind of just do the little button and swivel out, put your legs down and get up. You know, it'd be mean, great for people that didn't. Yeah, ashtrays that everything in the past. Ashtrays are gone. Oh, my gosh. That I'm actually happy about. Yeah, I'm happy about it, too. You get in there and, <laughs> you, you don't. The, the cars don't smell near as bad as what they used to. Because you didn't have the uh, the mountain of ashes that were oh, in God. the ashtray.
3: <laughs>
2: God. I've and got wh- some antique cigarette butts, I'm sure, sitting in why a car out on the back 40.
4: Why clean it out? Let's just sell it.
2: <laughs> yeah, just get rid of the whole car.
4: <laughs> All right, and five, five, numbers to get in next week. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week.